Welcome back to MedTwitter this week. I'm Chris the Chiu Manchu. Welcome back to the show. This is the show that I bring to you my favorite tweets of the week. Today I have Dr. Indu Partha here to talk about some of her tweets, the her her work with Primary Care Chat, as well as her tweet about um, what brings her back to Twitter. So I'll talk to you guys after the intro. Welcome back. I have Dr. Indu Partha. Hi. Hey, Chris. It's so nice to be here and nice to finally meet you. It's good to finally meet you in virtual space. Right. <laughs> I feel like I we, we go way back, but um, yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I still remember when you first, your first early tweets when you were saying you're early to Twitter, and it seems like you're just like a veteran now. I mean, how long ago was that? You know, I, I was looking, I think I've actually had an account for seven, eight years. Um, and I was just laughing. I think at the beginning, I, I still, I'm not sure I use it as effectively as I could, but I really had no idea how to navigate it. So I just had, was following a lot of entertainment and celebrities, um, which I totally love and have no issue following, but it made for a very chaotic Twitter feed. So I never really got into it and I never really knew what I was supposed to be tweeting about. So um, I would probably say I've been active in the last year and a half is what I would say has been my more active Twitter engagement. Awesome. This sort of ties into the tweet that you just gave. So I'm going to read it to people so and they can take a look at it here because I'll, I'll display it on, on the screen. Curious, what got you started in med Twitter? What keeps you here? And if you taken a break, why did you come back? And so actually, I think those are good questions that I pose to you. Can you tell me what what brought you to Twitter? What's keeping you there? And have you taken any other breaks after this active in engagement in the last year and a half? Um, sure. Yeah, I think I joined actively, like I was mentioning, um, I had sort of a chaotic Twitter feed. Um, and in September, November, November, I think of 2018, um, Dr. Sasha Shilkut had put together a Brave Enough conference um, that she held in Scottsdale, um, Arizona at that time. And she put together a group of physicians who were um, tasked to bring some social media attention to the meeting and what was going on, uh, share some educational um, value and content. And so I think that was the first time I really had any um, relationship to Twitter being an educational um, type of format. So I joined that social media team, really had zero idea what I was doing, um, but tried to engage and allow people to share in what was going on in the conference. Um, and so because the tweet sort of wrote themselves, if you will, I basically was sharing what uh, the words of wisdom that the speakers were sharing. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there wasn't much pressure on me to come up with something unique. Um, and then weirdly, I saw people following me and I was like, who are these people and why are they following me? Um, and so it was kind of that first introduction to how Twitter works, I guess, versus Facebook, which is very just personal uh, use for me. Um, and so I think that's what got me started after that. I think I kind of learned a little bit more on how to use hashtags. And then because many of the people who started following me were in medicine, again, it started making the Twitter feed a little less chaotic. It was sort of more um, med ed or medicine. Focused. Related. Yeah, exactly. Women in medicine. And then I found the women in medicine chat, which was... Um, you know, brought me back every week and kept me on Twitter, to be honest. And then slowly but surely, as I figured out how to find a voice on Twitter, um, it kind of went forward from there. So what are your favorite hashtags right now to follow on Twitter? 
Um, well, uh, hashtag primary care chat. I'll put a plug in for that. I continue to follow uh, women in medicine. I, to be honest, I'm probably not much, you know, a hashtag follower as much as a account follower. Um, I love following so many amazing academic physicians and just being inspired by them. Um, I enjoy following a lot of women in medicine and um, a lot of the University of Arizona accounts for obvious reasons, since they are my hometown accounts. Now, so that brings the, the next tweet I sort of wanted to bring about, because it sort of ties in too. So it was just the one year birthday of primary care chat. Now, can you, can you d discuss sort of how you're involved with primary care chat and, and how that's uh, evolved? Sure. Um, and I guess getting back to your prior question of, you know, what kind of keeps me on Twitter, because I have to be honest, I've never really taken a break. Um, I don't know. I, I think I follow some pretty really nice people and interact <laughs> with nice people. Um, maybe I'm missing all the mean tweets about me, or I don't think I'm very much of a uh, confrontational or... Um, pot stirrer. So I, there hasn't been any need for me to get off of Twitter, but um, I think it was on another chat. I was actually just trying to figure that out. Um, and I think it might've been Colleen Farrell, who's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, I think on one of the chats had brought up um, why is there not a forum for primary care? And from there, there were some of us who were commenting on that thread of, wow, that would be amazing. Um, because for me personally, I think that's what I really had lacked. Um, I work with amazing people, but there just wasn't a lot of general internists for me to collaborate with who were passionate about the same things I was passionate about, which is primary care. Um, so it just sort of grew out of that. Mandy um, Segal, who's over at Mayo Clinic now in Florida um, with the Geriatrics Fellowship um, Program Director, she sort of put together an email thread of, hey, who's actually interested in following um, through on this? And uh, from there, the account grew, um, the primary care chat. And we do that every other Thursday and, and an amazing community of um, primary care providers on in that group. I mean, I definitely, uh, unfortunately, like the way bedtime works in my household, <laughs> I think it's 930 Eastern, right? It's, it's I think. Yes. So it does get a little bit late for people um, on the East Coast. Yeah. So, uh, you know, my kids are supposedly in bed by 930, but it, it always goes awry. And then so by the time it comes around, I usually am only trying to get ca caught up on some of the tweets that have happened. And there have been some really interesting inter interesting discussions on, on that chat as well. I guess the question is, what's, what's the future involved with Prime Care Chat? Are there other innovations? Although I, I did see there was, there was a hat, the <laughs> baseball cap. <laughs> You know, we were like, hey, we need to celebrate. We've uh, we've done a, a year. Um, it, some of it was just, you know, we always thought we deserve some swag. Primary totally. care uh, needs to be advertised. Um, I know it sounds kind of funny, but I think that was part of the hope that having primary care chat um, would allow people to recognize primary care for all that we do. I think um, sometimes it it gets a little overlooked and I think those of us who participate are very proud of what we would what we do and so I think in terms of the direction I think 
Some of it is just hoping to inspire learners to follow us and follow our pathway going into primary care, which of course is um, encompassing both family medicine and internal medicine. We are more focused on adult care. I know you do pediatrics as well, um, who are amazing primary care physicians, but our chat is a bit more adult focused. Well, not a bit more, it is adult focused. Um, so there's that. Uh, the hat was in celebration of our one year birthday or anniversary. And we thought, you know what, part of what we're in, um, interested in is promoting healthcare equity and, and social justice. So we um, had that hat mocked up, uh, thanks to Gabby, who's amazing, uh, Gabby Mayer. So she put that together and our hope is we can raise some funds for a really great um, cause and at the same time sort of share our primary care pride. Awesome, I mean, it's, it's pretty awesome. and I definitely encourage anyone who has their time free to really, really check it out or make time, for, make time to do it. I'm definitely going to try to do it, be more active and um, try really hard to, to be there. Um, going back to your original tweet, did you have any, any favorite answers to why people ended up on Twitter? If you, if you, if you recall some of the answers that you got? You know, I, I would have to kind of review some of those, but I think it just seems like it, you know, there is just that community feeling. Um, it, it's educational, but it's surprisingly personal, if that makes sense. And I think a lot of people are able to translate their um, internet relationships, if you will, into something um, real. And that also has translated into actual scholarly work and collaborations. Um, which is pretty amazing. It's kind of a very positive outcome. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't, I would say, you know, some people are like, this is weird. You're making friends on the internet, but um, so much of it translates into real life. Uh, oh, totally. I think it's pretty amazing. I think, um, you know, the last couple of ACPs I've been to is, is just, it's, it's always just like, like a huge fun atmosphere. Cause I was like, Oh, I follow you on Twitter. I get to finally meet you. Like, it's just like being able to do that and just like, seeing everyone and meeting everyone, especially at these large conferences that we used to have. But now, you know, I think now Twitter has been allowing us to do other things that are, that are sort of at least adjuncting what we've sort of have missed recently with COVID-19. I would agree. I mean, you know, to your point with ACP, um, I had not been to an ACP meeting in years um, and became a fellow and went to the ACP meeting in April of 2019. I'm like losing track of what days. Um, and I, I will be honest with you, I think I would have been overwhelmed and it would have just seemed so large and being relatively new back to academic medicine, I think I would have just been feeling really intimidated, um, very out of place, very much kind of imposter syndrome. But having quote unquote met people on Twitter gave me this introduction. I'm, I tend to be a pretty outgoing person, but there would have been limits. I don't know that I would have put myself out there. Um, but, in, but Twitter kind of led to an introduction sort of more organically. So it made for a much more amazing conference experience for me. Oh, definitely. I mean, so conferences used to be a place where I would finally get to see, you know, my old med school friends, maybe old residency friends, sometimes old college friends, and just sort of like, oh, you know, sort of like reunion-y. Now it's almost like a celebration of like, everyone's like, oh, we can finally hang out again, you know? So right. um, definitely it, it's been one of the things that's kept me coming back to, to med Twitter. 
So what I'm going to do now is I'm, we're going to move on. Here is my list. So of course, we'll start off with some, some of uh, Med Tutorials always provides me a couple of their favorite top tweets. And of them, I picked one. Uh, this one's from uh, Dr. Park about approach to thrombocytopenia. I really encourage people to check that out. We're going to do a retro thread. This one's from obviously Dr. Kimberly Manning at Grady Doctor. She has had a fantastic thread that is brought up over and over again on how to write letters of recommendation. And I literally just uh, reviewed it recently. Um, and so I'm going to link to that over here as well. Um, another one's from Dr. Kidia's ethics on caring for VIP patients. I really think that was an interesting one. Andy Slavitt, uh, you might know him from other political areas, um, had a huge mega threat on and a discussion about COVID-19, some of the vaccine data that he had been talking to about with some other scientists and some more things about that. I really enjoy enjoyed reading that and learned a little something from that as well. Next is another tweet from the real Dr. T. I mean, can I don't really have to say anything more. Although I did read something recently that he tweeted. Um, someone said that if you read his thread while listening to the soundtrack of The Last of Us 2, then it really brings a whole new level to it. So um, I really encourage people to try that out. I haven't yet, so let me know how that turns out. And the last is from Dr. Stetson. Um, he had a great med ed thread on how to master teaching using the virtual whiteboards in Zoom. So I had never, I had no idea how to do that. And um, definitely as we start new conferences again, which will be virtual here at my institution, I'm probably going to try to see if I can use this. So do you have any favorite tweets that you wanted to share with my audience this week? Uh, sure. Well, I actually, it was just laughing because you had mentioned um, Andy Slavitt and a friend of mine had shared a tweet on um, Instagram, which I thought was very pr profound. And it said COVID update July 7. If you're someone tells you you're essential, you're going to want to run the other way because essential now means underpaid, unappreciated, sacrificial, and there to save everyone else. It was a pretty profound um, thread that he had shared. And I, um, I didn't see it on Twitter. I saw it on Instagram. Um, but that really um, hit home for me. I really, um, really enjoyed that one. And no, then so that was on your friend's Instagram or Andy Slavitt's Instagram? Oh, no, on my friend's Instagram. Oh. She had shared that, um, shared that tweet. And so oh, gotcha, reading gotcha. through it really made me think and um, I probably should have um, looked more into Dr. Stetson's whiteboard, which Dr. Bayani Rocky had shared with me. And um, because I just came off of a Teams meet where I pretty much had technical difficulties the whole time trying to share um, my screen. So lesson learned that I'm going to need to um, practice a little bit harder next time. But um, two tweets that I had kind of enjoyed um, was from Dr. Adam Sifu, who I have much respect for. Um, and his said, and I'm just reading off of it here, I can gauge my level of energy in clinic by whether or not I correct people when they tell me they had a screening colostomy at age 50. Today, I'm not correcting anyone. Um, I just feel like that speaks to the world of the um, general internist like no other. Um, I had to laugh because there are days when I'm all in it and saying, no, it's colonoscopy. Most of the time I hear colonoscopy um, and I will fully admit there are days when I'm like, I'm just going with it. I'm not really in the mood to go down that path and I will refill their atalolol um, that they, you know, would like <laughs> refilled and 
sometimes, you know, you just got to let sleeping dogs lie and just, just go with it. Um, and the other one is from Dr. Devika Das, who um, I love. We work together on the Women in Medicine chat. Um, and she had tweeted a serious suggestion for academic Twitter Biosketches should consider having an optional section for other major life events, pregnancies and miscarriages would explain a chunk of the full uh, fall in uh, productivity for a lot of women in medicine like me. So it just kind of hit home. I think it's an issue. Um, and I don't want to say just women. I know many men have major life events that um, probably, and I don't think derail is the right word because that makes it sound like your academic path is the one true path and life is your derailment. Um, but I think things happen and, you know, life goes curvy. My own, um, journey in medicine and academic medicine has been quite winding and I will admit, I still kind of wonder <laughs> where this is headed. Um, you know, being a bit or a lot bit older than many um, of my colleagues in the same level or position. Um, you know, you do wonder uh, where, where's this headed? How hard am I supposed to be pushing? How do I explain that um, my life experience counts for something um, towards things, you know, as very focused as promotion or lack of research that my caring of patients in the clinical realm for 20 years means something. Um, taking care of my community, even though I wasn't, you know, publishing papers. So um, I, I think it's, it, it's been kind of um, a question that I've been um, pondering quite often, just having been a uh, senior junior faculty, as I like to describe myself. Oh, I, I think we should make sure that you put on those CVs as you're going up for promotion and tenure and everything else is your digital scholarship. And we sort of talked right before recording um, that everything you're doing uh, with uh, you know, primary care chat, women medicine chat, all those types of things that you're working on, that's digital scholarship. And really, should, you know, Dr. Avi Glasser, my friend Avi, she would definitely say this goes on your CV. Recently, a bunch of us published updates in digital scholarship for SGIM, their um, on-demand platform that they're doing that sort of replaced their large conference. And, you know, we featured um, primary care chat as one of our uh, featured uh, digital scholarships in, the, in our updates. So, I mean, what we what you are doing in the community is important and should be recognized. I appreciate that. It's, you know, um, I know Avi's amazing. And I think it's a matter of um, maybe catching up the people you work with. If, you know, if, if the community or the division or whatever that you are working within isn't on the same level of engagement um, or connectedness. Mm -hmm. It's kind of hard to explain, you know, how uh, your work on Twitter is meaningful. So I, I totally agree. I'm very proud of it. And I think that's just sort of where I have to kind of come to terms of like how much, you know, do I just do because I'm passionate and I love doing it? And how much am I going to jump through certain hoops to um, promote in the ways other people think I need to promote, if, if that makes sense? Yeah, yeah. Now, we share another passion. I do believe you have a podcast, don't you? I do. Um, I am so motivated by what all of you all really talented podcasters do. 
Um, and I recently um, took over the role of associate program director. And again, speaking to my passion for primary care, um, I think anyone who's gone through an internal medicine residency can understand that the ambulatory education and primary care is unfortunately not often the focus of a program, unless you're on a primary care track, which we don't have at our program. Mm -hmm. So in an effort to try to do something to up the ambulatory education for our residents and have it be accessible at, at any time because we as a faculty work between two different residency programs. Oh. Um, and last year in any case, they were on two separate clinic schedules. So it made it very hard for teaching when one was on a four plus one schedule and one was on a traditional half, um, half day per week schedule. Oh. So the podcast seemed to be a way to provide education to both programs on their own time uh, without needing as much faculty engagement um, and involvement to come back week after week to teach to two different programs. So it's been fun. It's been a learning experience, um, kind of a homegrown effort, but um, I'm really excited to be able to do it and offer it to our residents as another way to learn. Now for my listeners who may want to check it out, how, what's the name of the podcast and how can they get a hold of it? Oh, we'd love it. We're on Spotify and um, Apple Podcasts and it's called The Aho Way. That's A-J-O Way. That's actually the name of the road that our um, South Campus Residency Program at the University of Arizona is on. So uh, shout out to our pro former chief resident, Danny Orta, who came up with that name. So um, yeah, available on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. We've had six episodes so far on what we think are, you know, nice general primary care topics where that teaching isn't really coming anywhere awesome. else. Core topics. Core topics, which aren't overdone. We figure hypertension, hyperlipidemia, people can pretty much easily look that up. So things like contraception and menopause and sleep disorders um, that they might not be getting through reading. Excellent. Excellent. Do you have anything you want to plug before we go? Um, well, I thank you for the plug for my podcast, but uh, let's put in a plug for two chats that I am passionate about. Um, primary care chat is on Thursdays, 9.30 p.m. Um, Eastern Standard Time, and we again like to present topics that are important to primary care providers. Um, about all are welcome, anyone who's just looking for great general medical information really an amazing positive community. And then on Sundays at 9 p.m. Um, Eastern Standard Time is the Women in Medicine chat, which again, Excellent. everyone is welcome to. So my two plugs. Excellent. Thank you so much for spending the time with me today. Oh, thank you so much, Chris. It was so much fun. And I hope we can actually meet one another in person soon. I hope so too. All right, so before I leave, I have another, another thing to plug. I have a new podcast called The Cribsiders, which is our pediatric spinoff of The Curbsiders. That just dropped this recent Monday. It's on cystic fibrosis, and we have our bronchiolitis episode coming out next week. So I really encourage my pediatric colleagues or people interested in pediatrics to check those out. We're doing a lot of core content over there in terms of pediatrics. And for this episode, this is also a podcast version on all the good platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, uh, Anchor, everything else is on YouTube, it's on Periscope, and it's on Twitter. So hope everyone checks this out if they're able to, and please check out 
all our links in the descriptions and threaded below for all the tweets that we talked about today. You guys have a good one. See you on the next one. Bye.